BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. everybody stadiums sports betting podcast we've got nate jacobson i'm ben wittenstein hope everyone's having a good friday or a good saturday if you're listening to this to start your weekend we've got a lot of fun games to get to you can follow us on twitter at stadium bets we'll be posting all of our best bets we'll be posting clips from the show we've got everything you need from from the show on stadium bets on twitter nate it's friday picks friday how you feeling Great, and it was great to have uh, an NFL game last night and a, a good reminder of how good the league is and how even though maybe we would criticize some of the quality of play, it always draws us back in. And we got an, an instant classic last night to kick off the season between the Dallas Cowboys and Tampa Bay Bucks. I think a lot of takeaway from that game and kind of interesting to see how both teams are lied side and total in game two or week two uh, when the, both teams play next Sunday, both teams will have a long, uh, a long rest before they play next. So maybe after a full weekend of football, we'll kind of forget about what happened Thursday night. But, you know, feeling good. And college football week two, NFL week one, this is the best time of year for me personally. Yeah, absolutely. And, and people can't see it unless they watch some of the clips later on. But I'm wearing a sweatshirt, a little hoodie, just to get ready for, for the weekend. Hopefully it's a little cooler weather, football weather. Um, I'm ready for that. And, Nate, that's just a great segue because we got our weather report. The weather outside is weather. That we want to do. We're going to start doing our weather report every Friday, look at some of the games that may be impacted by weather. And this, I guess, will be more important as we get into the later months, October, November, and maybe it starts snowing a bit, starts raining, we get more winds. But what's the weather looking like from what you have seen this weekend around the country? You know, I, I checked a lot of spots, you know, the Midwest, the South, even out West, and not too much weather to worry about this week. So, Ben, I think you can put that hoodie it's away because it's going to actually be hot <laughs> weather in a lot of the country, including where we are in Chicago tomorrow in the 80s. I don't think there's a relevant football game. Oh, DeKalb, Illinois will have a football game, which isn't too far from us, but just around the Midwest <laughs> in general and the South. And for the NFL on Sunday, it's just going to be a lot of hot weather, humid weather. So maybe take that into effect that – some defenses might get tired as the game wears on. And then in some spots, and we've seen it a little bit in this Michigan-Washington total that has gone down, been bet down from about 51.5 to, last I checked, 48.5. There's going to be some wind in Ann Arbor on Saturday night, so maybe that kind of leans into the under argument for that game. Although I think you could have made the under argument without the weather, just, just how both teams are built and how they looked in week one so nothing too crazy with weather i'm sure later in the year we're going to get some real real weather uh reports that impact the sides and totals of college and nfl games but nothing to be too worried about and especially with wind it's we talked about this when we did the open championship preview back in july uh wind doesn't really matter or it matters but it's also unpredictable 
you kind of want to look at the win like right before the game starts. If you're predicting win 48 hours out, you might not get the best uh, guess, the best, most accurate report. So maybe not overrate the weather when it's wind far out in advance. But other than that, looks like it's going to be pretty good conditions around the United States for uh, a big weekend of football. I'm excited. Might as well just get to the picks now, Nate. We got college football picks. Week two, we got week one NFL picks that we have to make for Sunday. We have our listener best bets, which we tweeted out on the Stadium Bets Twitter account. Um, so you're more than welcome to. We're going to do this next week and every single week this fall. We'll, we'll tweet out a prompt to give us your best bets for the weekend, and they could be football-related. We have a soccer-related one. They could be baseball-related. And once we get into basketball season, NBA-related, whatever you want, whatever bet you're feeling, uh, you can reply to that tweet with your best bet, and uh, we'll read it on the podcast for everyone to tail uh, or fade if they would like. Um, and then we have other best bets we want to get to, attractive underdogs, brunch time winners, which, Nate, you'll explain later on for some NFL games. Uh, but let's start with the college football picks. Let's get right into college football on Saturday. Uh, we have some best bets. We have some games we're just going to play but aren't our best bets. Um, and one of the best bets for me, and I made this bet um, actually last night, uh, it's a Texas A&M game. They're the 17-point favorites against Colorado, um, and that's going to be one of the bets. I think I'm going to take Texas A&M minus 17, but it's not my best bet, Nate. My best bet is hitting that Texas A&M team total over 33 and a half. Um, and I know they have a freshman quarterback. And I think he threw, what was it, two, three picks last week. Um, but even after the interceptions and after not, you know, a great game from him, a pretty good game, not a great game, they still scored 35 points. And it was against, or excuse me, they scored 41 points against Kent State. And the line against Colorado, whose defense is arguably better than Kent State, but it's nothing great, not a great defense from Buffs. I really like Texas A&M to get the over 33 and a half. I think this is a team that can score 40 points again in two weeks in a row. I think that's an easy goal for them to hit. Um, and I was kind of surprised it was this low. I was expecting it to be maybe 35, 36. Um, so to get 33 and a half, not too much juice on it. Love it. Yeah, I don't have much on that game, Ben. I know that A&M is playing Colorado in Denver. So it's kind of a basically a semi-home game for the uh, the Buffs. Uh, so maybe that's why it's out to 17. As if it was in Boulder, it'd be a little bit less. Don't have a really opinion on both teams, but definitely interested to see how Texas A&M looks in a game like this because I don't think we learned too much about them against Kent State. Um, I'll go ahead with my best bet, college football. It's in the article on Washington.com. My one college best bet this week. I'll have other bets, but this is the one I'll have the most money on by far. And it's going to be the Pittsburgh minus three against Tennessee. So fade on Tennessee, Joel Milton, struggle against Bowling Green, completion percentage under 50% against one of the worst teams in FBS. They were only up 14-6 to six at halftime. If he could struggle against Bowling Green, you're going to struggle against Pat Narduzzi, the head coach of Pittsburgh and his defense. Pittsburgh has an experienced quarterback in Kenny Pickett. It moves a lot throughout the week, opened. Near a pick minus two. It got quickly bet up to, got up to three and a half. Now it's back to three, so... Now that we're a three, the buy price or buy sign is back on Pittsburgh. I like the Pitt Panthers as my college football best bet for week two. That's been uh, that's been the hot bet that I've seen a lot of people make. Um, it's interesting. I'm I'm a little surprised. I don't know about you that it hasn't gone up even more. I mean, maybe we're seeing a little bit of Tennessee money come in in the last couple of days. Yeah, I think it's also the the idea. It's like an ACC team as a favorite on the road against an SEC team. The way the conference fared last week with 
Georgia Tech and Clemson and Miami and North Carolina. It's not you can't put too much trust in that conference, but I think Tennessee is the outlier team in the SEC where you can fade them comfortably against power five opposition and the and games are closely spread just because the program, even though it's a big name program, they've just really struggled with with getting talent in and they have a first year coach in Josh Heupel who has quite the rebuild on his hands. So it's a good time to sell Tennessee by Pittsburgh, who could be a sneaky team in the ACC. I know they have Clemson on their schedule as a crossover, but I think that this is a good spot to back Pittsburgh in a, in a big statement game for the Panthers. Yeah, I like it. And, and I, I probably should have listened to you early on in the week when uh, Pittsburgh was closer to minus one, minus two towards open. Um, and I think they've gotten just a little too high for my taste at minus three. But listen, I, I still don't think that's that bad of a number for, for people to make. Um, one of my other best bets, Nate, for me on my side, North Carolina State, as that line has moved, but right now it's at minus one. And I think that's a really good number as they play Mississippi State, Mike Leach's team, who only beat L.A. Tech by one point with that West Coast offense. Uh, not very impressive by Mike Leach and his squad. And I'm really impressed on the other side by INC State, 45 nothing in week one against USF. I think that offense is just full of a ton of firepower that people are overlooking. Um, people, you know, they don't look at NC State as this football powerhouse, and they don't get looked at when you're looking at some of the better teams in the ACC or some of the better teams in college football. So I think you get lines that reflect that. They started out as underdogs in this game and quickly were bet up to favorites. It got up to minus two and a half at one point, um, and now it's back down to minus one. Um, but I still like Miss NC State to win this. Might as well just hit their money line, too, if you can. Right now, I think it's minus 110 at most places. So NC State money line, best bet, uh, one of my best bets for the week, Nate. Yeah, now that that money line is down, I'm probably going to have a small play on NC State. Um, it was two and a half yesterday. It's moved down to only minus one. So you can get a cheap money line on North Carolina State, who I believe is the better team, especially because – you kind of have to downgrade Mississippi State quite a bit because they should have lost Louisiana Tech. If they ended up losing that game, I think this line would be more like a field goal, maybe even more. I, I just think that maybe that game kind of went under the radar because it was an evening game. There's a lot more bigger games going on. So people just say, oh, Mississippi State won. But if they found yeah. out, saw how they won, they would not be impressed with them. So I don't think they've been downgraded enough. So I think I'll have something on NC State before kickoff. Uh, let's see where that line goes. I'll go in with a bet. It's not the sexiest game, especially if you look at the total, but Wyoming <laughs> minus seven against NIU. And this Amazing. is all about fading NIU off the hangover spot. We talked about in situations of the week. They came off, uh, they beat Georgia Tech last week as a 19 point underdog. Um, and I think this is a big letdown game for them. Uh, I know maybe backing the team off a big upset on the road, coming back home, maybe the fans would be excited, but I don't. Expect that in DeKalb, Illinois, on Saturday afternoon. And Wyoming, who I know they struggled against an FCS team yesterday or last week in week one, I just think they're a better team and kind of was reading some stuff about them this before the year that they actually are a, a pretty decent team in the in the Mountain West and they have a, a road to win a bunch of games this year and they're going to have to win this game to live up to those expectations. I know the line has kind of creeped up, so this is why it's not a best bet. But I'll be playing Wyoming. Hopefully it gets down to six and a half, and I'll be firing on the Cowboys. I like it. Go out west. Get some money going out west. Uh, not a best bet, and I mentioned it a little bit, but that Texas A&M spread, uh, minus 17. I think that's probably a, 
a good number to get them at. And I think, you know, I don't see Texas A&M on that level of Alabama, Nate, but they're pretty darn close to me. And I think they're one of those teams that just will blow teams out that are much lesser than them. And Colorado is one of those teams that is much lesser than Texas A&M. And as I said, first week, they won 41-10 against Kent State. I think they can do the same exact thing against Colorado. And I know it's at Colorado or, you know, it's at mile high, technically a, a neutral location, but it's, you know, still mile high and, and they're still in Colorado territory. But I still think this is a game they can win, you know, 40 to 21. It's, it's a game they could easily cover the spread. I don't even know if Colorado could score 21 points with the offense that they have. So Texas A&M scoring 40 seems easy to me. Colorado even scoring 20 points seems highly unlikely. So I like Texas A&M to cover the spread uh, of 17 pretty easily. I'm getting on that uh, Jimbo Fisher train. First of all, I, let's let's not put A&M in the same category as Alabama. I don't think there's any college football team that should be no. in the same category as them. Maybe you can compare A&M to like a Georgia where, you know, Georgia defensively minded team Texas A&M with Jimbo Fisher, never – it's a fast offense. It's very slow and methodical. So I think maybe those two teams are in the same category where maybe you don't trust them to cover big numbers. But I think Alabama, just the way they're playing, it's like a it's like a different different league. They're, they're oh, playing. yeah. No, I, I'm not – <laughs> I'm not saying that they are the same level as Alabama. It's more the same level yeah. in terms of being able to just absolutely blow out teams and for some reason having their line still in the teens. Like Alabama's line should not have been 19 against Miami, and I don't think Texas A&M's line should be in the teens against a team like Colorado because they have that same ability that Alabama has against lower teams to just absolutely crush them. Yeah, I just wanted to clear it up because I didn't want any uh, Alabama fans to be uh, angry because <laughs> no. I know that's a – that's a fashion fan base if you ever listen to any of oh, the, yeah. uh, the radio shows down there. I'll move on with my pick in a game that's that's far away from the SEC, Air Force against Navy. And this is just simply a, a pick out of principle for me. Um, it was my second choice in the article on watchsame.com. So not going to be graded as a best bet, but it's definitely a bet I'm going to have 40 and a half as the total. And it's just always betting under when two service academies play each other. There's a lot of familiarity in terms of both teams run the triple option. So the defenses have to go up against that in practice so they know what to expect. And also with running the ball, the triple option, that means the clock is running, not a lot of clock stoppages for incompletions, which is what you're looking for when you want to bet an under. So I like the under in this game. This is a popular bet every time Army plays Navy in December. It's hit 15 straight years. It's still going to apply with Air Force and Navy because Service Academy's triple option. I like the under in this game, 40 and a half. I wouldn't be surprised if it ticked up maybe a, a point or a half point if you can get 41. So I'm going to wait this out and bet it tomorrow morning. But definitely a play for me under Air Force Navy. You can never get too low with that number for <laughs> Service Academy yeah. games. You're going to get like a 10 to 3 or a 10 to 6 type of game. Yeah. Uh, usually with things like that. So th- those are always fun. You know, I'm never, it's never fun to bet the under, but in a, in a service academy game, you you have to. You would be insane to yep. hit the over but for those I'm, games. I wrote in the article, I'm rooting for eight minute drives that end in turnover on downs and like the Reds. <laughs> Just long, yes. methodical drives that look like it's going to end in points and there's like a goal line stand. So that's what I'm rooting for along with punts, maybe after a few first downs. Uh, so I hope the, the both teams are playing the field position game and it's an ugly game, but it helps the bet. All right, Nate, let's go to Columbus, Ohio State, Oregon. 
Ohio State still sitting at that minus 14 and a half spread. Now, this isn't a best bet for me, but I do like Ohio State, and I think I'm going to put some money on that spread of minus 14 and a half. And I put in the article on WatchStadium.com as a plug to go there and to read our picks. I said going with Oregon plus 14 and a half is a bet I feel like I should make, but I'm not going to make um, because of that 14 and a half, that little hook right there. It seems like Oregon should be the side that you would hit. But with Thibodeau being out there, uh, possible number one overall draft pick on the line, he might not be playing. I like Ohio State even if he is playing. I, I think Ohio State minus 14.5 is probably the right side to be on. I, I can never bet against Ohio State because of how good they are and how explosive that offense can be, especially being at home. Oregon having to travel cross-country. It's going to be, uh, what is it going to be, 9 a.m. Pacific time on their body clock Saturday morning. So I think all the signs, home game, early game for their body clocks, Ohio State being the better team, Oregon not looking great week one against uh, not great competition in Fresno State. I think Ohio State can cover this 14 and a half. Again, not a best bet. Don't feel that strongly about being a best bet, but I think it's a really good side, and I think I'm going to put some money on that spread for Ohio State. Yeah, we broke this game down on Monday with the line move and the and based on the look ahead, and then we had a more full game breakdown on Wednesday. So I don't have anything to add other than the fact that Ohio State played week one on Thursday and Oregon played on Saturday. So two extra days of rest and being able to stay in Columbus, I think that's a huge advantage for Ohio State that hasn't been factored. That's the only way I'm going to be able to look in that game, but I'm not going to probably better put before the game, maybe something in game if Ohio State start off slow. Although with that being said, with the early start time and maybe Kayvon Thibodeau not being 100 percent, if he even plays, I think Ohio State will probably get out to a fast start in this game. One more college play for me, and this would have been a best bet, but the line has moved too far. Utah, holy war, minus seven against BYU. I'm high on Utah this year. BYU, I expect regression this year. Zach Wilson was their quarterback last year. And Alex Simmons, senior producer at Stadium, has a good write-up on this game where he kind of has a lot of the points that I was thinking of on why he's betting on Utah. Minus seven. It opened at four on Sunday at Circa in Vegas, so can't make it a, a best bet now that we've reached a full touchdown, and it looks like it's even trending towards seven and a half maybe. So I'm going to bet Utah small at minus seven. But I think one thing I'm going to do, and not going to make this a best bet because not everyone might have availability to parlays depending on how they bet, but taking Wyoming and Utah in a money line parlay probably Ooh. brings it down to about minus, hopefully minus 110, minus 120. So I think that will be maybe a bigger play for me, just having both teams, Wyoming and Utah, win on Saturday, but also laying minus seven on both of them for smaller plays. Well, Western parlay going on there. Western Some of those parlay. Western teams. With an early afternoon game in DeKalb, Illinois, and then a, a very late game that's going to end after uh, midnight where I'm located in the central time zone. So might have to wait 12 hours on that one, but need to, need to find two favorites to pair each, with each other. And I usually don't do this, but I'll, I'll take that, that shot, especially in college football. It's almost like you're doing a teaser, a two-team teaser in the NFL. But instead, you are, you know, just taking the money line, just win the game. And that's what I think will happen with Wyoming and Utah, because both both those spreads opened, I think, minus four and have gone bet, bet up. So I think that's the way to to play it on, on Saturday. All right. NFL week one, Nate, finally get to make our best bets for NFL. Week one starts on Sunday. 
Um, I could start us off in Indy. Seahawks facing Indianapolis Colts. Seahawks are a three-point favorite, and Carson Wentz reportedly will play this week um, after showing up at practice on Monday looking healthier than I think people expect him to be at this point with that ankle issue. Um, I think it was an ankle issue, but regardless of that, I like the Seahawks' first half. Nate, minus one and a half for that first half spread. Um, I think Carson Wentz, even though he's healthy, he's, you know, he's still going to be nursing that former injury. And I, and I think he's going to start out, and I think we're going to see the Colts start out a bit slow in this first half. The Seahawks have, um, I believe they were, I want to say eight and six or, or seven and five as road dogs against the spread in the first half last season. Um, so I, I, I think they do a pretty good job on the road in the first half. And, this is a fairly similar team from what we saw last year. And we saw the Seahawks play really well to start the season last year. And then after their bye week, they went downhill. But I think this is still a Seahawks team that can do some damage. And I don't know about that three-point spread for the full game, but I think at least for that first half, I think the Seahawks come out, take care of business in the first half, have a fast start. Colts are still trying to get their feet underneath them. Carson Wentz trying to figure out that offense because he didn't get to do it during preseason. Um, starting out slow and then maybe figuring out in the second half. But that, that's why I'm going to take the Seahawks. First half spread minus one and a half. That's going to be one of my best bets, too. And I'll root for you, but I, I really have nothing in this game. I, I wrote an article on WatchSam.com, and that was one of the ones where I needed some more time to think about it. And I, I, I like that first half angle. Now that it's minus three full game, I wouldn't be laying minus three on Seattle when you could have had a better number for pretty much the whole summer. Yeah. Uh, but for me, it just... I'm just not sure, and I'm not. I, I know Seattle has Russell Wilson, and this new offensive coordinator sounds like he he might have, he know what he's doing. I just I sometimes get worried that Pete Carroll could kind of just take away or make the offense play conservative to protect the defense that he kind of oversees and has a big hand in game planning of. It happened at the end of last year when pretty much every game of theirs went under the total after the the first half of the season. Russell Wilson was on an absolute tear. So it's just going to be a wait and see for me in this game, especially because I respect Frank Reich, but I don't know what to expect from Carson Wentz or, or anything about the Colts because of how banged up they are. So I all have two NFL best bets and then a few other ones I want to touch on. So I'll just go in with my first, by two NFL, my best bets before I toss it to you, Ben. The first one is going to be Vikings minus three, it's, my, it's been minus three, three and a half, so make sure to get the minus three on Minnesota. I like the Vikings this year. A little bit cooled off on them because of some of the longer-term, long-season stuff in terms of Kirk Cousins not vaccinated. So if he, he tests positive for COVID, then he's going to miss at least a week because of the NFL rules. Don't want to get too deep into it, but as a handicapper, you have to consider everything and um, that could be – Face an obstacle that faces the team. But I do like the Vikings skill position. Mike Zimmer is going to get that defense back playing at a at least average level. They were below average last year. And then I just don't like the Bengals. Zach Taylor, 625 and one in two seasons as head coach. Joe Burrow, the reports from practice don't sound great. It doesn't sound like he has his confidence after suffering that severe knee injury. And they didn't get the offensive line help, I don't think, at least that he needs to succeed right away in this, at least in this regime in the NFL. I think he could have a bright future, but I worry for him running around because the offensive line can't protect him. So I like the Vikings here, minus three at Cincinnati. And then another game in the early window, Carolina, or Arizona Cardinals plus three against the Tennessee Titans. Another game where it's kind of bounced around from 
plus two and a half, plus three. So make sure to get plus three in this one. I like how Kyler Murray's healthy. He's facing a Titans defense that was very bad last year and didn't do much to improve. The Titans defense only had 19 sacks last season, which was the worst of a, a playoff team in like the modern NFL era, or tied for the worst in like 30 years. So Tennessee's defense don't think they're going to play well here. And even though the Titans added Julio Jones, they have a new offensive coordinator in Todd Downing who replaces Arthur Smith, who got the most out of Ryan Tannehill. He did wonders with A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry. And I can see a little bit of a, a tough transition for the new offensive coordinator in Tennessee because even though he says he's going to run the same stuff that Arthur Smith ran because they were assistant coaches together, a lot of times that doesn't end up happening and the offensive coordinator wants to do his own thing. So I'm kind of betting on the Titans offense, maybe to put up points, but maybe not being as efficient. And the Vikings, or sorry, not the Vikings, the Cardinals also putting up points because they're going to have a big edge when they have the ball and the Titans defense on the field. So Vikings minus three, Cardinals plus three, my two NFL best bets for this Friday show. Nate, we have a tail. Tail with the Cardinals. There we go. I like the I like the Cardinals spread. I'm not gonna make it a best bet, um, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna bet that. Um, I think I, I like that Cardinal spread. I like. I'm kind of surprised it's this high at plus three. To be honest, um, I do. I, I know the Cardinals have been one of the most inconsistent teams with Kingsbury at the helm, and and you just never know what type of team you're gonna get with Kyler Murray um, at quarterback as well. But it seems like this year they've really gone all in on just getting the talent, getting some veterans. And it seems like they're ready to at least make some serious push. Um, so I, I do like the Cardinals. Um, we can even put them as attractive underdogs at the money line against the Tennessee yeah. Titans today, too. Yep. So I'm going to tell that uh, that Cardinals plus three. My only other NFL bet, not a best bet, but it's a player prop that I really like, and it's already been moving. Um, Najee Harris over rushing yards. I got it at 55.5. It's moved up uh, to 58.5, 59.5 at some spots. I still like it up to 60 if you can get it before it hits 60. Um, I think he's going to be the central point of their offense. Um, I think that's why they drafted him. Is he's he's going to get the rushes. He's going to get the carries, and I, I think that they're going to try to make him a workhorse. And he's going to get the opportunity against a Buffalo team. And you know, you would hope that the, the Steelers don't get, go down too much and they just start passing the ball. Um, that might be the only issue with with his number. But I think at least early on in the first half, he's going to get the carries, and he's. They brought him in to be the guy on that offense and to really take over and, and fill that hole that Le'Veon Bell left a couple years ago, and, and I think he's going to get the carries because of it. So I like his over 58.5 yards. Yeah, whenever betting player props, try to figure out how you think the game is going to play out. So if you think the Steelers are going to keep the game close because of their running games and the Harris over makes a lot of sense, but if you're liking the Bills in this game to get out to an early lead and Big Ben's going to end up throwing the ball 40, maybe even 50 times like we've seen him do in the past – then it's going to negate the run game. And then the Najee Harris under would be one of the stronger angles and bets of the, of the day. So really focus in on the game script before making your bet. Don't just bet on a player at a certain number. Try to figure out what you think the game, how it's going to play out before making a bet. So just a, a quick thing for betting NFL player props. I'll finish up with the NFL, not best bets, but things I'm going to bet or seriously looking at. I'll start off with the Ravens. Uh, <laughs> They, be, they were the cover. Uh, Lamar Jackson was the cover boy for my uh, my article that's uh, that's posted <laughs> on our website and on my Twitter. Wow. And there was uh, then some more injuries for the Ravens happened because I said in the article, going to hold off because a lot of Ravens injuries lately. 
um, referring to like J.K. Dobbins and Justice Hill, the two running backs, and earlier in training camp, Rashad Bateman, the the wide receiver they drafted in the first round. So I was like, maybe, you know, there could be more injury concerns. And sure enough, Gus Edwards and Marcus Peters tore their ACLs on back-to-back plays yesterday. So an absolute disaster for Baltimore. So I'm going to wait to see how this where this line goes. It's a Monday night game, so let's just hold off on Baltimore, and we'll preview this game on Monday's show since we'll have a full Monday show where we break down everything, and then we'll preview NFL Monday Night Football at the end of each Monday episode. So we'll wait on the Ravens. Uh, two games in the late afternoon, Broncos minus three against the Giants. Not a best bet because it's at three right now. If it was two and a half, it would be definitely in best bet consideration. But I just like the Broncos in general of Teddy Bridgewater. I think there's a really good chance they get out to a 3-0 and start with the Giants, Jaguars, and Jets in their first three games. Also, Kenny Galladay, newly signed wide receiver from the New York Giants, or newly signed in the free agency, big money, uh, wide receiver said the offense for the Giants is probably going to start off slow and that's not what you want to hear when the Broncos have a very improved defense under Vic Fangio just getting back Von Miller from injury and then bringing in three elite cornerbacks in Ronald Darby Kyle Fuller and then drafting Patrick Sertan so maybe not elite cornerbacks but really good cornerback talent and Vic Fangio has always gotten the best most out of his defensive backs wherever he's gone so I really like this matchup for the Broncos, even though they are the road favorite. Going to hold off and see if I can get a better number um, than three. Anything less than three will be a, a bet for me. And then the Browns, the Cleveland Browns. And money is coming wow. in on Cleveland. Thursday afternoon, they were sitting at plus six, some six and a half somewheres, and those disappeared very quickly. Five and a half, five in some places, playing at the Kansas City Chiefs. I like the Browns offense in this game, performing well against a Chiefs defense that struggles to stop the run. Browns have a very good running game with Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. They have a, one of the best offensive lines in football. So I could see why this line move has hit. If it got it back to plus six, I would take the Browns. I think you need that to bet that game because five is kind of a dead number. There's just not many NFL games that land on five. So the Browns are another one under consideration. In the contest I'm in where they're still plus six, I'll definitely be using Cleveland. And then ended the college segment with a money line parlay. Going to say what the teaser of the week is. I know not everyone can tease to some of the more uh, you know good numbers, like minus 110, minus 120. I, I was looking the other, other night, and a lot of teasers, two-team six-point teasers, were minus 134, minus 127. So I'd, I'd probably stay away from that. But hard to talk me off of a, a, a 49ers-Rams teaser. Both teams basically wow. just to win. Teasing both teams down to minus one and a half. And, and a teaser is when you take two teams or, or more and you bring them in your fa- points in your favor. So in a traditional two-team six-point teaser, you take two teams, you tease them or move the line in your favor six points. And if it's kind of like a parlay combined, and that creates a, a minus 110 bet minus 120, sometimes minus 134. But that's the uh, basic idea of a teaser. I just don't see the 49ers or Rams losing this game. Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers playing at Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions, and that's probably one of the biggest coaching mismatches we'll see all year. And then on the Sunday night game, Bears, Rams. Rams are favored by 7.5. That seems like that might be going up. 
And it's Andy Dalton, the Bears offensive line against Aaron Donald, on the Rams defense, where I see it being a real struggle that the Bears put up any points as long as Dalton is under center. And then it'll be interesting to see the Matthew Stafford, Sean McVay dynamic. Now that Stafford is in probably the best situation he's ever been in, in his career and Sean McVay having his hand picked quarterback to work with. So 49ers Rams very likely to win. So that'll be a, a big play teaser for me this week in the NFL week one. Let's do listener bets. We uh, asked on Twitter to give us your best bets for the weekend. We got some responses from followers, uh, we have at Music City Bets, Army minus six and a half. At Matt Hunley says Washington plus seven, which, Nate, I'm seeing that become the more popular thing with uh, yeah. with Washington. People thinking that number getting a little too high. Um, Michigan, what, they started minus four for the week. Um, I think I took it a minus four and a half, and it's just shot up. People loving Michigan. Um, they were not happy with Washington losing against Montana last week, and so I think that has really hurt them. But now they're seeing – that crucial plus seven number happening and they're hitting Washington right back um, is what it seems like um, at Mike Monty, Mike Montgomery, love him as a coworker, Iowa money line. He is all over Iowa this weekend against Iowa state in the Seahawks game. And I think you can get that for plus plus one seventy, plus one seventy five at some places. Um, and then Patrick O'Mara, is that how you say his last name? Patrick O'Mara, Ronaldo to score versus Newcastle. And, Nate, we looked up the odds for that and just were shocked because it is minus 225 for Ronaldo to score in his first game with Man United against Newcastle. Kind of crazy that it's that high. Yeah, we haven't talked much soccer since the Euro 2020 that was played this summer. And, yeah, that's the big story. I know during Sunday Night Football there was a lot of promotion for – uh, Manchester United's game on Saturday against Newcastle and Cristiano Ronaldo, who was a Manchester United legend years ago, over a decade ago, is back with the club in his debut. And if he just to score a goal, you have to lay minus 225, which usually when I look at soccer games and there's like a, a team as a really good striker and they're expected to win the game, usually their odds are close to like even. So minus 225 just shows that the books know that people are just going to blindly bet Ronaldo to score at any time oh, yeah. have to protect themselves. So that's uh, that's an interesting price. We were talking before the show. If you can find a no on Ronaldo, maybe do that. Although Newcastle is very bad. And as Patrick O'Mara said in the tweet, Gorgie tears written the stars, which is uh, uh, the uh, I think it's the the name of the people from that region in, in Newcastle or their, or their accent or something. So uh, I could see that just want to go back up to Washington plus seven. And, the, and we talked about this line on Monday and it was the look ahead for this game was Michigan minus one in the summer. So it's a yeah. six point line move. You have to ask yourself, is that warranted after Washington's lost to Montana Michigan looked good against Western Michigan, but then they lose wide receiver Ronnie Bell. So I think both teams are going to struggle to score points. And when both teams struggle to score points, I think that means that the underdog is oftentimes very live to win, especially of a spread this big. So I, I can see, you know, Washington maybe not being so great offensively. I don't, not a big believer in Washington, but plus seven is the only way I could look in this game. And I think they're definitely live on the money line at over two to one. And the, uh, I mean, talking about teams who can't score, you look at the under. Uh, it's moved 52. It was at one point a couple of days ago. It's now 48 and a half. 
yep. at most places. So it has been trending downward. And I will add for Music City Bets, Army minus six and a half. If you like Army, they have moved down to minus five and a half now. So you could get them at a better number. Um, it looks like they're minus five and a half at most other books. So if you still like Army, you can get them at a better number uh, against Western Kentucky. Finally, Nate, to round out the show, we got Attractive Underdogs. <laughs> We got brunch time winners, which you will explain. But the attractive underdogs that I didn't mention for some of our bets, San Diego State against Arizona. Um, I am thinking I'm going to sprinkle a bit on their money line. I think they are the better team in this situation. I think they probably, if they weren't on the road, would be a pretty decent favorite. Um, but I think you can get San Diego State for plus 110, some places plus 115. Um, and that line has moved towards Arizona a little bit. They were minus, they were minus one last night. I think they're minus one and a half, minus two at some places. Um, but I just, I don't trust Arizona. I don't think they look good in week one. And I think San Diego State has a really good line that I think is going to bully Arizona. Um, I, I just like San Diego State in this one. I like their money line with the spread so low. Might as well take the plus money at plus 110, plus 115 if you can. Attractive to me right there, Nate. And I have a list of, of underdogs that are, are a little bigger, so I wouldn't be betting these money lines, but they all featured in the situations of the week the other day. USF hosting Florida with the Florida look at against Alabama. Middle Tennessee State, or Middle Tennessee, plus 20, getting the, uh, the Virginia Tech Hokies in a sandwich spot, or a letdown spot off the North Carolina win, and then Virginia Tech plays at West Virginia next week. Toledo in a in a game against Notre Dame, Toledo plus 17, returning a lot of starters from last year's team, a game they've had circled all summer, and Notre Dame just played on Sunday night. So the, the rest advantages for Toledo and also the situation greatly fit, fit, uh, helps the Rockets out in this game, if you want to make an argument for them, plus 17. Ball State catching Penn State between Wisconsin and Auburn. You can get 22 on Ball State. And then UAB plus 24 against Georgia, Georgia coming <laughs> off the Clemson win. We talked about this game quite a bit, actually, in the uh, the hangover game and situation of the week where, you know, make, maybe make small bets if you like. Don't bet this, these money lines because it's very likely they're not going to win, especially like a team like UAB is not going to beat Georgia. But maybe they can keep it around the number in a game with a low total. And then just one more attractive underdog for me that we've talked about uh actually we haven't talked about but i've talked to to some people about illinois plus 10 against virginia they're getting brandon peters likely back for this game whenever you get like a mid-tier acc team as a big favorite in any game against a power five team usually i always look towards the underdog so illinois it's an early start 11 a.m eastern so an hour early before usual uh hour before the usual games i could see uh illinois maybe sticking around against virginia and charlottesville yeah and iowa of course monty brought up iowa so we have to give you him props for that iowa. they are they are an attractive underdog i'll, I'll say it. they are They're attractive. The, mo- the more i think about it i think the under might be at that the play in that game i know the weather is going to be good and doesn't look like it's gonna be too much wind in ames but whenever these teams play each other it always seems like a rock fight the total right now, 46 and a half. I can see the under coming out in this game, especially the way Iowa's defense played last week against Indiana. And Iowa State having a good good, good enough defense to stop an Iowa offense that if Iowa is trailing in this game, I think they're going to have a lot of trouble trying to score. All right, Nate, brunch time winner. What is that for NFL yeah. games? 
brunch time winner is something I came up in 2014. The first year I was working at 120 Sports, which is uh, which is now Stadium. And it was a winner that you knew if you were going to win or lose at the first quarter of the NFL Sunday at the most. So the early time of the day when you are eating brunch, finishing up your mimosas. I don't know what you're going to eat, but hopefully it was a, a good a good meal that you had during brunch, yeah. maybe a few Bloody Marys. And you want that money right away showing up in your account. And it always ha- happened to be a first quarter under just because maybe the team start off slow. And I think it's really valuable to some of these bets in the first week of the season when some of the teams aren't, you know, fully adjust- the defenses are ahead of the offense. Maybe the teams didn't play their starters in preseason. So this game is kind of going to feel like a preseason game where they're getting out some of the kinks. And I landed on the total in the first quarter of the Washington football team against the Los Angeles Chargers. Probably going to be under seven and a half in that game. So first quarter under L.A. Chargers, Washington football team. The reason I really like this is Washington has a new quarterback in Ryan Fitzpatrick. So I can see him starting off slow. And then Justin Herbert, who was amazing last year, rookie of the year, didn't play in the preseason, has a new offensive coordinator. I could see the L.A. Chargers struggling on offense in this game, especially because Washington has a very strong defense led by that front four that can get to the quarterback in the pass rush, so first quarter under, brunch time winner. It's what's probably always going to be a first quarter under, and we'll take the under in Washington football team, Los Angeles Chargers. The thinking makes sense, so I like it. The thinking makes sense, and you want that money now, so you might as well. Yeah, if the Patriots and Dolphins were playing at the 1 p.m. Eastern time, they would have definitely been the the one, so I was a little disappointed to see that's a, a later afternoon game, but I could see also a slow start at the, in the game between Tua Tungavailoa and Mac Jones, the Alabama Bull, as you've coined it, Ben. Yep, I, I, I like that pick as well. But, uh, yeah, you, you're eating brunch. You want that money. You don't want to wait till uh, 2.30, 3 o'clock to get your winnings from the, the morning games. I like that brunch time winner. Uh, I think that's all the bets we have, Nate, for yep. week two to week two college football, week one NFL. Um, We'll be back on Monday recapping everything, looking towards Monday Night Football and giving you what to hit on the early lines of college football. That Monday show, Nate, is becoming very important for people who want to hit those college football lines right away very early because you can get some pretty good lines. Um, We haven't seen as much movement from NFL this week, um, but I think that's just because it's week one. But those college football lines move pretty early, so you can get some good numbers on Sunday and on Monday. So we'll be back on Monday. Good luck to everybody. You can find our best bets. We will tweet them out at Stadium Bets on Twitter in the afternoon on Friday. So you can go to there and uh, see Nate and I's best bets and see our records as well. Because um, we want to, you know, we want to hold ourselves accountable for, for our bets. Um, so you can do all that. Find our best bets. Good luck betting um, on week one NFL and week two college football. And we'll see you back here on Monday. Monday.